0: And if you're just tuning in, you are listening to UFO Paranormal Radio Network, otherwise known as United Public Radio Network, or we just like to call it UPRN. And you're listening live to the Angel Rock, and I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. I am a host of this show, and I'm also a host of a second show. We're coming up to our one-year anniversary, actually, right after New Year's, which is called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed with my amazing friend, who angel channel medium. He's got a big channel on TikTok. It's David Hansel, and uh, so I hope you'll. Join us for that. That's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A little bit about myself if you've never been here before. I am a Canadian spiritual psychic medium. I'm a crystal reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor budding animal communicator i'll tell you a little bit about that and i'm also an rn and uh, we're glad you're joining us we have our regulars usually that pop in and if you want to be part of the chat we would love to have you so we as i understand it 80 percent of our listening audience around the world is listeners so if you want to join in some of the conversation please head over to ufo paranormal radio and united public radio network on facebook it's all together it's a big long title and YouTube I am also streaming on my YouTube channel we're streaming on LinkedIn tonight because Facebook doesn't like me for some reason they love to go after me for music so once I get a wonderful guest talking I'm going to sneak in and stream it over from our main page on Facebook so you can still watch it we're streaming on Canada's most haunted uh where I'm trying to think where else you I think we're under on UFO undercover we're all over the place you can find us even my own YouTube channel Under the Angel Rock with Laura Lee Podvin. So join in. We'd love to have you be part of the conversation. Now, if you like what you see, please like share and subscribe this network's been around for over 25 years. We stream multiple shows daily, seven days a week. And while we're not streaming live, the archive server randomly picks shows over the last 25 years. And we've had some really great hosts and we still do have great hosts. We've got some new shows. So there's something for everyone. So make sure you tell everybody that you love and care about because they're gonna have a lot of fun over here. Also, else do i want to oh i don't want to forget this so you guys we've been talking about this on here you guys know i love one of our hosts well i love all our hosts but carrie lynn shellhorn on fridays spirit switchboard she's got the 12 days of giving today is the day you need to go to her psychic medium carrie lynn shellhorn on facebook you have to put your name in there if you want to be in part of this giveaway and i'll bet you do Because myself and David Hansel, my co-host on Thursday nights, are joining Carrie Lynn on Friday. I'm trying to remember December 22nd and. A lucky winner is going to get chosen to join us for two hours on that show. And it's gonna be lots of fun. So you wanna join in on that? Don't enter on my page, please, because I've got it shared in a few places. Because Carolyn's taking all the names that enter off of her business page. Again, it's Psychic Medium, Carolyn Shellhorn. And uh yeah, you could be one of the lucky winners. Now the only Thing is you have to be available because it is a live show but we're going to have lots of fun so i've got another great guest for you guys and i'm dressed for how, or for christmas you, i almost said halloween you know how much i love halloween But i'm ready for christmas here i'm even doing hang on I had to grab a quick drink of uh, my energy drink. <laughs> Hello, Julie Jean Bassett, were your ears ringing? Because I was just talking about that I'm a, a sm- slightly budding animal communicator. I'm going to highlight Julie because she was the one that ran that fantastic beginner animal communication course this week. And you guys take a look out for her? She's been a guest and she's a friend of this show on the Angel Rock. She has helped me very much personally. She is also just got her shamanic practitioner um, she finished it with a long course. You guys, you need to look her up. She is incredible. It will be life changing for you. I guarantee you. So great. You're here. We got love is here. And she says, yes, you are an animal communicator. You did amazing. Oh, you're so awesome. She's the most lovely lady. Honestly, no, I'm keeping my poor guest waiting here. <laughs> so That's he's okay. gonna, you guys are going to love him. So his name is Mike here. He's an independent freelance journalist. I I hope I got this right because I went through your page and a different thing. So it says associate editor for Matt's World magazine and an author of multiple books tonight we're chatting about Mike's latest release Mescalito Riding His White Horse a book inspired by bluegrass musician Peter Rowan his muse and his musical and spiritual journeys including chatting i believe a little bit about buddhism a little bit about spirituality mike told me before we start he's going to read some passages we're going to talk about the really beautiful cover on the book and about some of his upcoming books cuz i know he's got one that fits right in with the genre of this network is supposedly releasing i think in 2024 right mike
1: uh april 24 correct
0: i thought so so yeah. uh welcome mike i'm so glad to have you here
1: oh thank you so much i really appreciate uh we've uh you know we've been talking about this for a while so it's it's happening here it is
0: you know why it took so long well besides the I, reasons I yeah. you know why though what happened was um we have a cottage out and it's about 20 minutes away from the city. I live in a city called Thunder Bay. It's right smack dab in the middle of Canada. People always ask me where it is. It's on the shores of Lake Superior. It's about 35, 40 minutes away from the Minnesota border. And I'm about mm-hmm. six and a half hours north of Minneapolis, Minnesota. People come back and forth through here anyways our cottage does not have internet and the summers are shorter here so if we could go out and stay out for a long weekend i didn't i didn't want to book a guest and then have to get a hold of them and say hey i'm staying out at camp <laughs> so now that i'm booking i'm almost booked straight through to april like amazing and it'll yeah. be beyond that Yeah, <laughs> and i like doing shows on my own i enjoy them so yeah. um we had a nice little bit like that, and we had a few guests sprinkled in. That I, because the waiting list is long. Because Gavin, your wonderful publisher and uh, good friend, he's amazing. Gavin Davies, he keeps me busy. Always sends me the best authors. <laughs> so thank you for being so patient.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so Gavin's like, a a wonderful guy too. I really. Uh, he's, he, oh my! He's, I've had him as a mess Can't help guest but love him. Here.
0: I've had a mess. Can't him help as... but
1: love him. Oh yeah. Huh.
0: Oh, sorry. I I have a bit of a delay. I forgot to tell you that. So you guys know that if you've been here, but I forgot to tell Mike. So I would never purposely speak over you. So if I do, I apologize. Um, Gavin is amazing. And he stayed up with the time difference because my show used to be a lot later on Mondays. Like I think it started at 11 p.m. And so I think it was like three in the morning.
2: morning. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But we had fun. So I wanted to talk to you about this. I I did a little research on you. I found out you play music. So mm-hmm. have you been playing? And you sing. You sing beautifully. So Thank you. Tell me about this. Like how'd you get into music and writing? Sure. And-
1: sure. Uh I think like you. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm I've always been creative. I've, I've always been interested in, um, in writing, and uh, I've been writing. Maybe, maybe badly at first. Um, I don't think so. Well, as a as a kid, though, you know, there are things there are things uh, that uh, are helpful. You know, going I would say going to graduate school was important. At the right. same time, for writing, uh, actually for English literature, but at the same time, you have to let go of it. So when you're a kid, you have this uh, incredible uh, fecundity. You're so. There's so. Your imagination is so rich, and, you're and free. you do it, and you're free. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that a little bit of shaping helped. So that's what I meant by that. Um, we used to play. We started playing uh, at, like a lot of kids. You know, I'm 57 years old. Um, at the time, it was the same lit-
2: age
0: almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to rock music, and um, that's really that drew me in, and the i can iconography and the imagery of rock music mm-hmm. and uh my friend my best friend land he's still my best friend we're still in touch oh, uh, all the time he lives in florida now yeah. and uh we started the first thing we did if you could believe i did an elvis presley uh impersonation i so think i was...
0: knew elvis from the womb <laughs> my mother just is still the biggest elvis fan
1: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, and he was, I used to have a big uh, glass uh, image of Elvis in my house. Wow. My yeah. Yeah. That's how big it was. But when um, we we practiced, I hadn't yet played an instrument. So Land played the drums and I just kind of, you know, did look. Well, it's one for money, two for the show. I'm impressed. I, it was so cool. Thank you. And I remember it was funny because I had to be, I don't know, 12 or 11 my mom actually she uh, worked in the jewelry business mm-hmm. so she got me a bunch of like like chains kind of elvis oh, wow. chains and stuff and they got me a shirt that kind of buttoned down mm-hmm. so here's the funny thing Laura Lee, when i turned around here i am in the school stadium whatever you know mm-hmm. stage land goes da da i turn around the microphone isn't on Right so there's this oh, like no. sudden silence. I'm sure my parents you know wanted they needed life support at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then all I did is I turned around. I clicked it on. I looked at Lan. He went again, to one the money two for the shoe. And that kind of launched but we practiced that we would come home and he would play literally on a on his he didn't have drums. He played oh, on he didn't a,
0: have drums. Okay. Not
1: at the time. He played on a, he got, I think he got drums for the performance. He played on a banana seat, a bicycle. Oh, okay.
0: Seat. You have to be our age to know what that is, probably. It, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you seen one? I haven't seen it. <laughs> no. I had one as a kid. They look Yeah. long, long bicycle seats. Yeah. A yeah. metal piece at the back sometimes.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it was so, it was really fun, but we practiced that one song over and over, over and over again. And um, then I said, you know, I probably should learn how to play guitar. So I started playing, learning how to play. I really just picked up guitar and started playing. Mm -hmm. And um, then I started, I started to take lessons because they're, there's some fundamental things that are helpful uh, to know. And we formed a band, you know, our band was called Gemini because we're both Gemini's. And, um, you know, we were real improvisers. And Mm -hmm. we just would get up there and uh, jam Led Zeppelin songs, Jimi Hendrix. So that kind of launched my interest, I think, in music, I think I've always had an ear uh, for music to play and, and just, and to listen as well. So not just no, not just the playing part. I'm a, uh, some people are deep listeners and that's, you know, no judgment on how anybody takes in music, but I can, you know, I can just sit and listen just to music. My wife and I will often sit on a Friday night or really any night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we'll just listen to music and, and just- We
0: do that at my house.
1: Yeah, just listening.
0: My partner said Gemini and I I was talking to you, I won't say too much, but I'll tell you what we were talking about certain people with paranormal and music backgrounds. I thought, oh my gosh, I live with one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> did think of that and he did almost but you're explaining he had two brothers and they one played the drums and my partner plays uh, piano and guitar almost the same age and wow. his brother plays many instruments and they started a band like sort of sounds similar at the same age not quite the same but similar
1: yeah oh I'd love to hear I'd love to hear the music um mm-hmm. but I think yeah, I think there's something, there is a connection between uh, creativity and I think the receptivity to the paranormal. It doesn't always work that way because sometimes people have zero interest and they suddenly find themselves with incredible uh ability uh you know for telepathic or
0: i do i was gonna throw in here one of the things because i do mentor and teach people as well is i use i have a video on my youtube channel because i have some teaching videos under the video link um tab and one of them is i think it's why the power of i forget the name it's something about the power of the lyrics and the music why it's so important and i get into that but mainly what i do with people when i'm teaching them to if you will quiet their mind and start to listen to this inner guidance that we all have and in intuition, is to listen to music and pick out one instrument and listen to all different kinds mm. and just focus on that one instrument and then pick another one because mm. it teaches you to tune out the other noise that goes on even on in our brain and how to really right. listen. Mm-hmm
1: it's very true we we do a lot of that and um and i like different kinds of music you know Mm -hmm. classical bach i love uh i love palestrina you know masses Mm -hmm. um i it's like being in an ocean of voices and you're kind of engulfed and swept Mm -hmm. away and uh so it's music has always been the foundation you know i found myself writing about music and becoming music journalist not just music but i do a lot of music journalism um i i was writing for newspapers and uh journals and magazines i mean i've done food reviews (laughs) which i didn't think i yeah yeah i it's funny because it's an interesting thing and i think all of these creative endeavors they're they kind of they can catalyze uh they become they themselves become the passport. You now, I think my writing is a is passport to, I'm here um, meeting people, you're going backstage, you know, uh, meeting different kinds of people. Um, and uh, what, uh, I was asked to do a, 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 go to a restaurant and, you know, just go do a review for the newspaper. And I said, you really don't know much about food. And and the guy said, just go and talk about the neighborhood. Just tell a story, mm-hmm. okay? That I can do. You know what's funny, uh, Laura? I wound up writing, I probably about twelve pieces on food,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they became a part of a book that got published. So uh, what you know the that I, book. Pardon? What's oh, it's, the- it's called uh, Sleeping with Fishes. So oh, wow. Was,
0: what a cool name.
1: Yeah, it kind of, it's a bit of tongue in cheek. So it comes mm-hmm. from, uh, it comes from the Godfather. Absolutely. And so it's a bit of an exploration of, uh, of my, you know, Italian American heritage and playing with stereotype. And, but I go into, you know, Neapolitan music, which is very key to, you know, my interest. I've done a lot of research and listening in that, but also talking about food, you know, talking about, Things that are very specifically kind of Italian American mm-hmm. um, that my mom would make, for example, right. uh, certain kinds of foods and things. But my point is that just from you know the invitation and some of us are you say, oh, gosh, I don't I, I can't do that. I'm not sure. But you go and you do it and then you find yourself aloft on a journey. And so, you know, again, I would never consider myself like a food expert. But to anyone out there, you know, if the door
0: opens, just go through it and then figure it out
1: (laughs) afterwards. Um,
0: But it kind of, if you think about it, though, right, and it doesn't matter. And I always say, because people wouldn't consider it even healing, but it is, whether it's food and many cultures, especially I was a community visiting nurse before I hurt my back. And I actually was teach. I set up a college course and I was teaching fellow nurses how to work within the community because you work on your own and culture is so important. And especially in numerous cultures, and I'm not Italian, a lot of people think I am, but I uh, grew up, all of our friends and family friends were Italian. So I was very immersed in the culture. And I would consider mm-hmm. in the Italian culture, food is love, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And very it nice.
0: also is an art form. It's very healing. Food can be. It's nourishing. I mean, it's fuel for our bodies, but also music, right? And mm-hmm. it's all to do with our senses. And people don't really put a lot of thought into that, right?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely. And I think what was what's very key about these, you know, most Amer- most uh, 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 Italians from that live in Canada and that live in the United States. They came from the south. Because they were fleeing.
0: Oh, we have some uh, Northerns. I knew a lot of Northern people up here too from North Italy. They,
1: you, as well. you get a little, you know, smattering, but the you know the, the large majority because they were kind of fleeing, you know, poverty essentially. Uh, they were fleeing um, oppression it, because mm-hmm. even in even in Italy, the South was oppressed, and uh, so a lot of the food is very simple, mm-hmm. and that's part of the the charm and the is whatever you have, you make something. And we would have, I remember growing up, my mom would make linguine with clam sauce from a can, you know, progresso, il progresso. And till today when I eat that, now you have to add some things to it mm-hmm. from a can. It is just mind blowing. Um, so it's that, the idea of the simple, the, the basic, you open the, the cabinet, whatever you have, you make it. And it becomes I think that's a uh,
0: sign of a great cook, though, yeah. that regardless of what you have, and you make it taste homemade and it's unique and it's delicious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting story that it relates, I think, to to our topic and we will get to you know i i
0: have so many questions i knew i would so and i i love talking you know what i love about this and i tell people like don't get me wrong we connected via email but i'm i don't meet most of my guests until five minutes before they come on and i like it that way because it's like i want to know your story i want to know how did you get here why did you write this book so One thing I did want to ask you, and I don't mean to stop if you want to add Please. something to, go to the food, is okay. so we're going to talk a little bit about the a paranormal, but I wanted to know, did you have any paranormal experiences? I know that's not quite what the book is about, but.
1: I would say I, I would say that I categorize. I do have, you know, and I, and what I was going to mention here is, you know, is precognition. Um,
0: that's a paranormal. Uh, Anything that's yeah. not been oh, yeah. the norm. You know what it's I always psychedelic. say?
1: Psychedelic psychedelic exper- experiences um we what i've been hearing the term uh the phenomena and i use that in one of our email exchanges so you know by location a psychedelic experience mm-hmm. dreams so i i have those experiences richly in my life and and they become they're really a source my dreams are a mm-hmm. source of my writing cool. and um they, uh, I, I do keep a dream journal, but I do a lot. I, have I a lot
0: love of, that. Most I have a lot don't.
1: of UFO dreams. A lot of, and I consider those, I consider those contact. Because yeah. they're so real. They're so intense and um, powerful. And the images, uh, uh, they're evocative and there's communication. So there's there's something, there's, I had a dream. Uh, Maybe about while I was writing the book that is coming out in uh, 24, April uh, 24, that I saw this, uh, this, it it was this elongated kind of galaxy, like a cigar shaped galaxy looking Mm -hmm. thing coming at me, right? But what was coming at me was these kind of halogen lamp type of discs. So Mm -hmm. these discs that looked like halogen lamp lamps lights and they were sort of shooting off this cigar shaped thing that was coming toward me. And it was followed. Those, those halogen uh, disc-like things were followed by other objects that were connected. One of them was a pine tree, which is interesting. And then there were other kind of, you know, technologies and things. And when I, I I said to my wife, look, this is a UFO. See, this is a UFO. Mm -hmm. And then, um, in my mind in the dream what i realized is the ufo was enabling me to see what it thought i wanted to see so there was something where it was presenting to me because it was in my mind reaching into my mind telepathically Mm -hmm. and say and presenting in a way that i guess was palpable for me um but I I use that I use those dream images, that dream images in my book uh, that's coming out, um, and even you know in Mescalito, there's it's you know I, I'll tell more about that. But I did want to make one one point of the Neapolitan stories. Okay. So there's a bit of time travel involved in it.
0: Oh, I love talking about that.
1: Thank it you. it just it just had this incredible, uh, you know my father passed away in 1991, let's say. So it's a long time ago. It's still, it's and, right. oh, thank you. Thank you. And at some point, maybe 10 years after he passed away, I started to, you know, you need time to heal, to kind of separate. And uh, I started to read things I thought he would like to read. So I started to read these books on, which I'd never read at the, you know, when I was younger. I was not interested in Neapolitan music. I didn't like the music they listened to. Now I love it. Um, but I started to read a, a book on Neapolitan music. And mm-hmm. I became so interested, I wrote to the author. And then he and I started to correspond. Um, in the meantime, I'd been writing stories, but they weren't fully formed yet. Mm hmm this author kind of became a bit of a mentor to me. And he was like, send me your stories, you know, send me. Mm -hmm. So I sent him and he gave me some great advice. Then there wasn't like red marks, red lines. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just, you know how some people, you can connect on creative things and they can provide that little bit of glue or whatever it is that you need. Um, And anyway, It I wound up writing a series of stories and I wound up writing a book as a result of it. But it kind of felt like, you know, my my father had kind of written to me from beyond.
2: Oh, how beautiful. That's sort
1: of basically saying, you know, because you're dad, I'm a dad. I have two sons you want to you'll do anything you know for uh for the ones you love and maybe the you know animals or your children you'll do well, I, have two, I
0: have two boys myself Two boys. and, and I was yeah. always told I'd never have children so the fact and and I you get it as a parent and I never mean to be disrespectful to anybody that maybe right. isn't a human parent but is a pet parent or what but there's just, you'd give your life in a heartbeat, right? Like in a heartbeat for those boys. Exactly. <laughs> or girls. Yeah, but... and,
1: I, and I do think, you know, my dad was a gambler and it kind of put us in a rough situation. We were kind of plopped into, you know, not the greatest. I grew up in New York city. I grew up in a little bit rough section.
0: Can I share I... something with you? I'm sorry. I've Please? never done this on the show. Please. Your dad just came through and said, I'm so sorry for that. Wow. I I I don't normally do this on my show, but he's got a very strong mm. personality, and he's here. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> he just, good. Oh, I'm so sorry, and he just said to he said Michael. I don't know if he called you Michael, but I just heard. He did. That. Sometimes okay.
1: when he was mad at me, <laughs> He's
0: not mad at you. He's very, I have goosebumps too, and it's all. Oh, that's sweet. My sign. that's sweet. That's sweet. He also wants to I never do this during a show, but he's oh, asking please. and he's so sweet. And he says to let you know how much he loves you and oh. how incredibly proud he is of you. Oh,
1: that's I didn't very mean to sweet. stop
0: your story, but he really oh. does have strong energy.
1: <laughs> well, please, you know, please vocalize those as they come okay. because that was the kind of voice that was calling to me. And I think it was sort of uh when you come from a certain kind of neighborhood a certain place you know your your parents like you go to school become an accountant you know make sure you, you do this kind of thing and i think the writing i know that um he was creative my dad was an artist so he uh, could and he was without training and i think there was something that he wanted to he had unfinished business is my point and he sent me a note into the future from the past to say go do this yeah you know missed this because i was involved and you know i was distracted but mm-hmm. here i am now and uh i truly believe that and it it was oh, emotional mm-hmm. it was so emotional for me i would write those those stories and sometimes i would write them and be and begin to tear because my i i wanted to connect emotionally it wasn't just facts and just that kind of thing it was uh a resurrection a reincorporation and a big and a bit of healing for for both of us
0: That's what he show i never do this during a show mm-hmm. i swear to god you could you could watch my shows i don't do this but your dad does keep showing me how even if there felt like there was a bit of disconnect right and i don't know if it was the music or what but he's showing me like you two meshed together over this work and the mm-hmm. other part is is that the reason why he's so proud, he says, because of the dad you are, and he's almost, mm. he's not saying it, but he's showing me back in that time when you were little, he wasn't able to express. It, it wasn't what a man would do back in those days to be the type of mm. dad that you are today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's nice to hear. I mean, I remember, you know, as, he, he, whereas my mom, you know, super affectionate, yeah. you know, Sicilians, my gosh, you know, you everyone's sitting on everyone's lap yeah. all the time. And he was a little bit more reserved. He was Neapolitan, mm-hmm. but not not that there's so much more reserved, but he was. But when he would drape his arm around me, he was a tall guy. He was, you mm-hmm. know, six, a little bit shy, over six feet. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was always felt so great to be cloaked in his, you know, uh, in his, uh kind of uh presence let's put it yes. that way um so i you know thank you for that and as he as he reappears um i'm sure at some point i also know that you know my dad i was always into the wild and into the uh, super imaginative um and maybe he couldn't always go there with me but also <laughs> he did he did invite me there you know as well I-
0: because yeah, time yeah. okay when i talk about with time i'm getting super excited sorry but i am because we said that he wrote you a letter from the past and projected it into the future on the other side whatever people want to call it heaven mm-hmm. the universe whatever there is no time and and it's the present past and future all happening at the same time so i was hearing a huge yes yes and you get this you got it from him yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really throughout, even in my current work. There's uh, the the work that hasn't yet come out. Um, there are sections with with him in it because there's some, uh, you know, there's there's some uh, there's a spirit. They're your parents that you they they stay with you all your life.
0: Of course, you're part yes. of them.
1: Exactly. And uh, and I feel very thankful. I mean, there were things I said that I revealed. That he probably would kill me for saying. But at the same time, there are things I think that it was a cleansing for both of us.
0: You know what the beauty in it is when we go back home? And I truly believe this. I've studied near-death experiences professionally and personally for over 40 years. Plus, I had one as a toddler. And the beauty in it is we play a role when we come down here, right? We're an everlasting soul spirit whatever you want to call it and we're just here having a human experience so you experienced your dad in this lifetime in his human role but that's not who he is as a soul right yeah. so he would never ever and I, I know what you meant but he'd probably kill yeah. me what i said you no know, <laughs> that's why he doesn't have a problem with it and he's so proud yeah. because you're you're fulfilling why you came here one of your reasons and he he's just beaming (laughs) just beaming yeah and i like
1: that you pointed that out i like that you pointed that out because at at that point everything is revealed anyway right and Mm -hmm. um whether or not you consciously and you know you're a part of the collective uh and yeah i do i do think it's it's just that kind of that the personal aspect of it um
0: the human part. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. The human mm-hmm. part. But but what a gift, you know, what a gift to to bring to me uh, in the way he has. And that is launched um, you know, all of the, the projects that I've done, uh, the said, writing Don't call yourself
0: done. so short, Michael.
1: Yeah, and no, and yeah.
0: I'm going to tell you this. He keeps saying Michael. I have not called you Michael <laughs> once, like in our messages before. So I'm sorry if I have, because he said, and he's, he's not being serious. He just, maybe so he knows you, he means it. And he's, yeah. I don't use my hands like this either. <laughs> 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 and he's. Um, I almost feel when you were sharing this, like you're channeling your dad, like, he's Mm. almost like he's in that spiritual ear as as you wish and again goosebumps so it must something's coming from him
1: yeah i feel it too i now, and as you're saying it i i really do feel it and i and they always you know they would always say my family they that we were similar because we were both the my two sisters and brother they aren't Mm -hmm. everyone is creative everyone is creative Mm -hmm. but they're not in the creative in the way that we are My dad and I, which, uh, you know, to be to be uh, uh, visual artists, Mm -hmm. um, he had other skills. I mean, he could do things like we when we were when I was a kid in school, there was a a project to do some sculpting of something. This is a man that never sculpted anything. And we brought home, I think it was clay or something, and he sculpted something beautifully. And I brought it into school as if I sculpted it. And they they were like, yeah. Okay. I don't
2: think so. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah real a, a real creative uh, artist, and uh, I still have his works till these day. Till this day, I actually did a show of his work. It was at my work and his work. A friend of mine who is an artist has a a studio, and in the, in his uh, studio, we did a show of. It, there were other people involved as well, generational connection of art so a friend of mine showed her uncle's work uh, i showed my dad's work
0: what a and way my to work. honor him and he said thank you he was there
1: yeah yeah well you're welcome dad and i digitized all his work and i've i've made copies of everything and i've also given i've uh, framed some of his work and given them to uh to my uh family so what my brother
0: to him mike yeah Mm-hmm.
1: I know he appreciated. They were lying in a closet that my mom had. and I said, "You're just leaving. What's you know? Can I can I have these?" So I mm-hmm. gobbled them up and I did everything with them: digitized them, framed them professionally, so they 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 will live on.
0: They were yeah. honored the way they sh- they were meant to. Not that your mom dishonored them, but you you it almost feel like you you recognize the importance and the beauty in them that needed to be shared with the rest of the family and whom you shared mm-hmm. it with.
1: It's that reciprocity. And by the way, Michael, you know, I was kind of joking, but he did, there was, there was a lot of Michael. So I've uh,
0: never, like because yeah, we have, you yeah. know, I've never once been tempted to call you Michael and it just yeah. came out. Like it kept coming out. I was like, where's this coming from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's so cool. I could see yeah. why you're a writer though, from how you described yourself as a child, because I think, to be a good writer which i would consider you to be is you. that you have to have that type of super creativity and imagination and all those little bits and pieces to bring it together to weave a story that people want to read mm-hmm. you could read non-fiction and it can get quite dry but if you've got a creative writer and i'm not saying that's you i'm saying not the creative writer part. I'm talking about the dry nonfiction. Mm-hmm. If you have a really good creative writer. People, you could write the phone book and people would read it because you have that ability to craft the story and draw them in.
1: Yeah, you know, telling the story. And I, I think it takes a few things. And, you know, not that I'm pontificating about, you know, a, a writing, but it takes a few things. One is, uh, I like the way the Russians say, you need to have a good butt. And what that means is you have to sit it down and do the work. It, there is inspiration, but writing, actually from the writing comes inspiration. And from the writing, the work and the sweat comes, there's birth that happens in that process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was writing, it's funny. I'll tell you the story of Mescalito that.
0: Uh, yeah, let's get into it because that's an interesting title.
1: So it actually comes from uh, it comes from a a song that uh, Peter Rowan, who I will talk about, um, that one of his songs, and he he says uh, um, it's called the the song is called the Free Mexican Air Force. Okay. And it's it's sort of about the legalization of marijuana is really what the song is about, and how the government is trying to stop that because they want to imprison. Your light and your illumination, and you know, your freedom is the premise of the, the song. And one in the line is uh, Mescalito riding his white horse. <laughs> so, is
0: that what that's about? Because I don't have a problem with that, I don't use yeah. it myself. I actually, and I'm not encouraging one way or another, we don't give any kind yeah. of advice. I mean, sure. just for yeah. medical advice, but even though I come from a big pharma background, I always say, I I do, I really look for something natural always. And I think that that is one of nature's medicines for many people. (laughs) too.
1: Oh, yeah. And so just to tell you a little bit about, and um, about uh, the book and the conception of the book. So I had been doing uh, music interviews with musicians. Mm -hmm. And I'd I'd done some, uh, I did an interview with uh, Scott Sherrard, who was the guitar player for Greg Allman. Okay, And it's very serendipitous how I discovered him. I essentially went to a bar with a friend who forced me to go out because he was in from out of town and said, "Let's go to the local bar, small bar, but they have phenomenal uh, uh performers and bands that play." So we go, we just we're, you know, go to the bar, I'm kind of begrudgingly having a beer, and I can't believe this player and he is just amazing. And anyway, I looked him up. That was Scott Mm Sherrard. And he was, he played with Greg Allman, which is a very big deal. Um, And he, uh, he plays with Little Feet now. He's the, he's basically, if you, if you know Little Feet, he's the Lowell George of Little Feet. So that's, that's a huge, big deal.
0: I'm not familiar with him as you're speaking. I think, Oh my gosh, I should have my partner Dell here. He'd be having a field (laughs) day with you with music because he, (laughs) he listens to all kinds of music and I'm not familiar with a lot of these artists. That's why I was excited to have you on. Cause I knew you would educate me. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, we, you know, I'm sort of deeply into it. Um, so I, you know, was doing music interviews with different musicians mm-hmm. and I was also sim- simultaneously interviewing um, indigenous artists I love it. So there's a long story. I'll try not to go too much into it, but a friend of mine, the friend that the, my friend Carlos, who, uh, his, he put on the exhibit of my father's work, Mm -hmm. he's Guatemalan and he's half indigenous. Okay. And when, uh, I, I would go to his studio and he was doing portraits. So he does portraits with MTA, New York city, MTA, uh, cards. So a subway card. I'm not, you know, maybe folks don't know what they look like. But they're essentially like orange, black, and uh, orange, black and yellow, and those kinds of colors. He cuts them out very meticulously, he uses, you know, scopes, and he uses uh, even gold guild, and he makes portraits. And they you are know what? Incredible. I saw
0: a picture of that. I swear to God, when you were talking about the cards, like literally, I thought, I bet she's going to say portraits and these incredible faces that until you I bet you get up really close, you don't even know what they're made of, right?
1: Yes. And he's and an he, uncanny artist, incredible uh, skill. So he was doing these portraits of Indigenous artists and it, it connects to Mescalito. We'll get there. I'm in his studio. We go there on a Friday night. We just kind of hang out, have a few beers. You know, We'll talk art, but we're also just having fun. Other people stop by. In the, in, he has you know portraits of Crazy Horse, for example, but he had one portrait. I'm looking back. I said, what's that portrait right there? You kind of have the one behind over there. Mm-hmm. Takes the portrait out. And the portrait of the, is of uh, this guy, Ernie Panacoli. Now Ernie Panicoli is half Cree, and uh, he's actually half Italian by his name.
0: Interesting.
1: From Brooklyn, and he is a hip hop photographer. So he's photographed all of the big hip hop names, Mm -hmm. and I think if if you meet Ernie. He's a kind of no BS type of guy. He's yeah. uh, he's got a real groundedness to him. He comes from places that many of these kinds of, you know, the the rap artists come from. And I think they had a trust for him. So and when you he, see his, his Yeah, when you see his photos he captures something about them and there's a trust that you could see, there's a relaxedness and that's why he was so, you know, famous. Anyway, um this portrait of ernie you know i say i have to meet ernie i have to talk to him so i i wound up doing an interview with ernie subsequently we've become pretty good friends that's
2: cool
1: at some point ernie said he felt like he trusted me you know i i did the article and uh the eyes of the portrait were so alive they were just you could feel a a spirit behind the eyes Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, Ernie said, hey, Mike, would you be interested in interviewing a, this Tibetan singer, Yung Chin Lamo? And I said, sure. And he goes, you know, because he couldn't help it. He says, you have to, you know, you have to take care of her. You have to, you know, I trust you. And I said, of course, of course, Ernie. I'll, of course I'll take care of her. I'll do the right thing. Be very respectful. Uh, I met Yung Chin on, I actually met her, this was during COVID. So mm-hmm. we did a... zoom uh, call and she was dressed she's from Tibet and she was wearing Tibetan you know regalia and as I'm speaking to her she's praying because this is something Tibetans often do so she was as we're speaking (laughs) yeah it was kind of you know it took me a few seconds Um,
0: culture comes in once again right
1: (laughs) culture comes in and you know I I have been I've been you know pra- i've been meditating i've been interested in buddhism i've i'm interested in world religions i'm interested in wisdom traditions in general but i do like the metaphysics i'm very drawn to the metaphysics of buddhism um, i'm drawn to the ethical and the moral aspects of it not that i live you know firmly by those i do my best aspirationally to live by them we all do <laughs> we we try all, our yeah, best. we're flawed we're flawed yep and anyway, I had read that Jungchen, who she miraculously left Tibet, fled Tibet with her son on her back. She said, and found herself in Australia, where she got into the music scene and she was picked up by Peter Gabriel's record label. Oh wow! Big deal. She really? put out an album. She was a you know a big sensation. Uh, she's been on the world stage with Paul McCartney and you know other oh, folks. Wow. Um, when she met Ernie pannicoli she met him at some gala. And she said, uh, Ernie said to me, he goes, she walked up to me. Ernie looks, he looks uh, uh, indigenous. He, she said, he said, she walked up to me, put her hands on my hands, and basically called me a brother. And he said he was so moved by her. Yeah. That, you know, and it was emotional. And he was sort of. It was a little embarrassing you know all these people mick jagger paul mccartney and and this woman singles him out anyway i had read that yung chin met with uh had performed with peter rowan Mm -hmm. who is a, a bluegrass legend so that's that's really who the book is inspired by peter rowan okay so i said um uh, she said, "Would you like to meet him?" I never ask people when I meet musicians. You know, they've played with the 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 big ones. They've played with. It's you kind know,
0: of tacky, the... though, really, it's right? Tacky. Like, how do you? I never ask. I always say, I never really want to be famous unless you had a lot of people around you when you were nobody, right? Because somebody always wants something from you. It's true.
1: It's very much, and you know, I'm as a as a music journalist. You know, I I often my I want them to feel comfortable I at the end of the day it's my greatest goal is I don't by the way interview people that I or musicians and artists Mm -hmm. that I don't really like so because I don't what's the point of of writing an article about music or art or something you don't like I just don't that's not me I'm not going to go there but when she said do you want to talk to Peter I mean I would have said can you please introduce me to Peter Rowan so she said, uh, do you want to talk to him? I said, yes. Uh, we texted, and then she says, he's waiting for your call. Now, let me dial back a little bit. Um, so Peter Rowan played, I, I realize many people may not know what bluegrass is. I'll sort of talk about it for a bit. So bluegrass is basically, it's a form of, it, it's in a way, a subgenre of country music. Mm-hmm. It's faster. There's a there's an emphasis on Uh, kind of gospel singing. Uh, There's an emphasis on musician virtuosity. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like country music, but it's a little bit more. Of course, it's evolved. I was
0: trying to find a bluegrass Christmas song because I like to kind of make my banners for the show. But I really, I couldn't find one that jived with me. So I'm interested in hearing your take on this, why you're drawn to it, and I'm already hearing some interesting things. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, you couldn't be more further away from bluegrass, being from Queens, New York, in the '70s. You you couldn't be more far away. Right. But it did eke in through the culture. It came in through things like hee haw, and it comes in through even, mm-hmm. you know, advertisements. It's it's in there in the culture. So we we got bits of it. Deliverance, the movie. You know I know it's a pretty intense movie yeah i
0: mm-hmm. know it's i know what it's about but i haven't seen it
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah. the music and the music was you know performed by very established bluegrass musicians when i i i'd heard bluegrass um here and there but the important thing to say as well is that Peter Rowan, who played with Bill Monroe, who's considered the father of bluegrass, okay. he did he did kind of uh, he did create something new. There were different kinds of things like ragtime. There was, um, you know, gospel music. There was country music. Uh, there was western swing. But he kind of cobbled it all together and created this this very different form that hadn't yet existed. So Peter played with uh, Bill Monroe, he was a kid, he was maybe 22, 23, uh, touring the world with him. He left Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys, and then he went on to become a kind of psychedelic, uh, play psychedelic music. Um, He's kind of earned a reputation as being a kind of psychedelic cowboy.
0: Anyway, he played
1: played in a group called Olden in the Way. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Olden in the Way, one of the members was Jerry Garcia.
0: I know who that is.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that's exactly the point, that you hit it right on the head. Jerry Garcia had such a huge footprint and such a huge following, The Grateful Dead, Mm -hmm. that what they were attracted to is, I think Peter was attracted to Jerry's um, imagination and uh, incredible musical uh, journey that, that Jerry Garcia had launched Jerry was attracted to Peters he was a he's one of the sources he played with Bill Monroe so their music brought bluegrass to people like me and to people around people from the cities not not people from only from Rosine Kentucky or from Tennessee or from you know those parts where well, maybe so the I night... want
0: to ask you it's driving me crazy. Yeah. So sure. right, I want to ask if this is the same person I'm thinking of have you heard of the comedian Leanne Morgan I have, yes. Okay. She talks about her eldest son being a little old man and into bluegrass and country. And I I, I'm positive she said his favorite artist was was Bill Monroe. It was either Bill Monroe or something to that effect. I don't know if it was or not. What I um because I'm positive that's the genre he would and he would have been quite old, quite a little old man. I think he's still alive, is he not?
1: Uh Bill Monroe, he passed away. He's okay. he, he would yeah, he he would probably be like near a hundred. Uh, yeah, because yeah. he was
0: he was old. Like her son's probably in his mid to late twenties, it sounds like, but when he was a little boy, he just and they're from Tennessee. And I'm positive she was talking about this Bill Monroe, because she talks about it in one of her comedy things. And I'm positive. Yeah. I had to ask you because I, I think that's who she was talking about. Was if she likes Bluegrass,
1: she probably likes Bill Monroe because he's, you know, he's No, it the was one. her
0: son as a little boy. She was talking about him being this little little old man in a little boy's body <laughs> and bringing him to Bluegrass and gospel uh, concerts when little, you know, teenagers didn't go to those kind of things. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, we dragged... you.
1: <laughs> No, please, please. Uh, it, it's, it's best when we're, uh, when it's two way, I, I get uh, so caught up in what I'm, uh, uh, saying. So I apologize if I'm, uh, you know, uh... no,
0: I, I'm, I'm like glued to this listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I had, you know, I really, from this group Olden in the way myself and, you know, many people, I know this because I'm involved in different bluegrass, uh, groups and I've uh I write for Bluegrass Journals. And we all know that Olden in the Way was an ambassador. So they mm-hmm. brought bluegrass to to city folks and to folks outside that that world. And mm-hmm. Peter Rowan wrote a bunch of those songs. Panama Red, Panama Red, he'll steal your woman, then he'll rob your head, Panama Red. Mm-hmm. And you know, he wrote uh in that group he wrote the the principal songs. And so when i had a chance to interview him oh i should mm-hmm. i should add to now let's fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. so i'd heard you know bluegrass through different things i heard bluegrass through olden in the way a friend of mine was had a, a vast music collection and he kind of had a hippie music collection and olden in the way would be in that kind of milieu you know they they okay. It was bluegrass brought to hippies. And I don't say that in any kind of judgmental or any way at all, just that that's because of Jerry Garcia, that connective tissue brought those worlds together. And it really, it truly launched a whole, uh, a whole new revival of the music. Um, Then when my brother went to college, so I'm two years younger than my brother, he went to college. He, uh, I went to his dorm room and I'm in his dorm room and i hear this music bluegrass and it's loud it's it's, you know breakneck speed and i just turned around i'm kind of gripped by it like a calling you know like a like a deer called into the woods you know like a um a magician showing you something and then you go follow and you so i go and i listen it's this guy from virginia You know, I walked into his room. He's like, "Who are you?" And uh, I started asking him about the music, and he said it was the Stanley Brothers. He kind of told me, schooled me a little bit.
0: That sounds familiar. The Stanley Brothers.
1: Yeah, you would know them maybe from "Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou?" Oh my God,
0: you're gonna! Oh, you're not gonna believe this. This happens on my show a lot. You know what (laughs) I've been thinking of? I I'm, like possibly, that? I'm pa- I've been thinking about this for the last 10 minutes I was going to ask you there's got to be some music I know there is an old oh, brother Oh brother where art thou because the reason why is my partner Del, who has a musician background loves that soundtrack he doesn't play it all the time but he loves the, the music from that like wait, if you right. met my partner Dell people always assume so many things about him he has really long hair he is Metis, which would be your friend Ernie. I was thinking that's what we would call it in Canada. It's a First mm. Nations nationality mm. with another nationality, but mm. they people think that he does a legal substances he doesn't he's actually a really smart guy like when I first met him he had short hair and he's grown it longer because it looks good on him long I think but when he told me he listened to things like Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake and then oh oh, brother where art thou and you know what he does when he wants to drive me crazy sorry to divert why no we'll get back (laughs) to the story quickly and this is the big joke I really don't appreciate polka i'm sorry i i just okay. I so. okay so we go to a lot of concerts when I mean, you said you and your wife sit and listen to music yeah we do too we have music on all the time at our house that's a big thing going to concerts he plays this group is it called hamelstein or something it's a polka it's... band do you know oh, of i don't them? know
1: them i don't okay. know them
0: He sent me the name of it before, and I've shared it with a few people. They play like Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, but Polka or (laughs) uh, Lady Gaga. And he'll just crank it because he knows. Not to make me mad. I wouldn't get mad anyways, but it's just like, how do you like this?
2: (laughs) Right,
1: right.
0: So you just said, oh, brother, where art thou? And I've been thinking that for 10 minutes. And I thought, well, we have a little pause. I'm going to ask you about it. and You just said it.
1: Well, that's because we're we're communicating, yes. but uh, the the um, the album that Olden and the Way put out was the most successful bluegrass album until Oh Brother Where Art Thou came out, ah, and uh, okay. and and that really launched. Uh, you know that that kind of brought, you know, it popularized because it's always been in the it's always been regional and kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I was going with it is that. When I, I had, you know, I'd grown up with this music and mm-hmm. I'd grown up, it's, you know, listening to it in, in, you know, we grew up in projects and in the winter when it was freezing cold, we would sit in oh, the project yeah. stairways mm-hmm. and have a little eight, you know, uh, not, not an eight track. It was a cassette radio. And we'd listen to music and this. Get a
0: blaster. Was, we used to call Gettle it. Blaster. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah. We have, I have, I have a funny story. Well, I have stories about my, uh, the uh, the attempted theft of my uh, get a blaster
0: how dare they <laughs>
1: oh my gosh it was pretty intense it's pretty I it was pretty you. intense
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but you know that when you hear something all of your life it just music music gets deep into your your Subconscious, it becomes part of the fabric, your soul.
0: Your soul. And you know what I always say about our genre, too? And I always say, Oh God, we sound like we're 90 years old going back in my day. But no, (laughs) if you think about our genre, like if they were, I always hate labels that they call Gen Xers or Millennials, but we are. I think we are one of the most malleable age periods in our modern times because back in the day, if you had a TV, It was black and white. You might have had one channel. And then remember the phones? Like one of the funniest videos on YouTube is when people show their kids the rotary phone and say, how do you use it? And kids have no idea. You Like we're all in the back in the day. If you needed privacy, you're yanking that phone cord in your room and closing the door. And then, you know, when you tell people you didn't have a portable phone and then you went to uh, we finally had color TVs and there was eight tracks for music back in the day and records and Records are becoming an art form again, which I think is very important. But you went mm-hmm. from eight tracks and then eventually you went to CDs and DVDs and VCR tapes. And then you're going to MP3 players. And, you know, mm-hmm. we really had to change a lot. We had no computers. True. No. Mm-hmm. It's very so true. I think we're very diverse.
1: We 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 uh, And things changed. They did. They changed rapidly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had mm-hmm. albums, cassettes then CDs and then now what's, you, do you know, remember and, and, you remember when you
0: used to buy a whole cassette just for one song?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did have eight tracks too. I mean, I do, I do remember having an eight. My dad
0: had them. Yeah. I remember. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, we had some, I, I, I don't remember the artist, but you know, music has that way of, you know, if you think when you, at weddings, at funerals mm-hmm. at graduations, yeah. at revolutions, you know, there's music accompanying, good and bad, but it becomes, it it's so, um, it's so evocative. You can hear a song, I can start crying. I could listen to something and just mm-hmm. be reminded of a time of a place. It's you that. It's,
0: why? You know, you pardon? know, I think it's so important. You know why? Because I, I think one of our first senses in the womb to develop is hearing, and when we leave this earth, that is our last sense to go mm. having worked mm. in palliative care people that are in mm. comas people that are palliative that is their last sense to go and i think mm. that that's why one of the reasons is is yeah. mm-hmm, it's great I, in- I agree with you mm-hmm. and
1: i'm exploring it i mean music cleanses the soul it cleanses Absolutely. Us. um it's um it's the best way to reach the soul I mean, it is, I shouldn't say it's one way. It is a way to reach the soul. Music from heaven.
0: Okay. There aren't words in our language to explain the colors and what you see and the music. Mm. like. And you could see why when you've had an experience and it gets so ingrained in your soul and there's music (laughs) that you associate with that. Or think about even a movie. How boring mm-hmm. a movie would be with no music. And people don't think about those kind of things or even the sound effects. That's yeah. what makes the experience. You music is really mm-hmm. almost the language of life, I think.
1: I I agree. And it's and it's it's it has a, a depth to it because it's beyond language. It's, it's it goes into places of your, your brain and your body and your experience, and some are tucked away, some are kind of. You know, maybe their memories, maybe their pockets, the acacia records. You know, it kind of triggers these, mm-hmm. uh, these um, callings, and they could be from a time you, you in this life didn't experience. Mm-hmm. So there's that richness. So when I finally did, I interviewed uh, Peter. Now Peter is 82 now. When okay. I interviewed him, I interviewed him say like let's say four or three years ago. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is a person that has had 50 albums, has played oh, with wow. everyone, mm-hmm. has played with, you know, uh, with many, many musicians. So vast career. And here I am calling him to have a half hour conversation, to write an article.
0: That's not so going to we,
1: happen. We, well, we, we spoke. No.
0: <laughs>
1: and he's also a rock and tour. So we spoke for about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I couldn't get enough. But what was what was happening to me is I started. Then I started to have dreams. So when you're doing an article, you're typically you're gonna have some correspondence. You're gonna have a few conversations, mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't necessarily end in the, in that half hour. You might iterate over uh, uh, email, but I started to have wild, you know, imaginings and wild dreams. And
0: a past life with this, I think you've had a couple past lives with him. I'm feeling.
1: Well, and I think I, that you say that that is kind of what the book is about is we sort of meet. There's this recurrence. I
0: did not know that, well, not know that before. This.
1: <laughs> you, you, you seem to, there's a lot you do know. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you can hear. And we kind of meet in this, uh, we're fated to meet again in this life. I mean, think of the improbability from looking, walking into my friend's uh, art gallery. Uh, mm-hmm. Studio, I should say, it's a studio slash gallery. Seeing something behind something, and mm-hmm. then from the improbable kind of synchronistic uh, events that then lead me to meet someone who is whose music is at the very foundation of my experience. Mm-hmm. It's pretty profound. And you know, I was telling Peter. I said, well, after we we kind of did the article, I said, you know. I'm having these imaginings these kind of dreams I have these ideas would you be interested in a longer project Mm -hmm. and then he said you know well you know tell me about the project and something to the effect that how you know music spawns the universe something to that effect Mm -hmm. and he goes I'm interested.
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah,
1: P- Peter's a far out guy, but you know, people like him, when you hit, he was just inducted into the bluegrass hall of fame. You know, he's got a, people like that have a lot of people clawing at them. Like we said, you know, yeah, well, don't
0: you the beauty of a soul like that. Cause he sounds very down to earth. Like he's not
1: very down to earth.
0: He's not about, look who I am. Look who I played with. Look at how amazing I am. He's down to earth, and I almost feel like he has an innate sense of speaking with you that he knows when people are true souls, like they're coming for the right reasons. They're not wanting something from him, because this book sounds like it celebrates who he is and the experiences, but I'll let you obviously let you tell it in your own words. Yeah,
1: no, that's very true. I mean, if I'm honest, the book is it certainly wasn't a work of criticism. So I don't, I don't do, I never call what I do criticism. I, I call it like post-critical. I'm an enthusiast. I'm a music fanatic. I'm deeply interested in the details. So I think that my intention was to lay a gift at the feet of the master to say this is, you know, you have inspired this. Cause that's, you know, the title is inspired by the musical adventures of Peter Rowan. You know someone like him who's you know talked you know hung out with dylan and hung out with jerry garcia um not the, not so much the big names but they have they were on the inside of the culture story so mm-hmm. there's something very profound and he is a literary person he's interested in wisdom traditions he's a learned interested man mm-hmm. um He's done more than bluegrass, and as I've mentioned, he's done like kind of rock, psychedelic music, mm-hmm. also Tex-Mex music. Um, and yes, uh, oh,
0: explain he has... that to me because I'm not yeah. quite sure what that is.
1: So it's uh, in in uh, in uh, in Texas. You actually have a lot of German population move really? to Texas, and ah. there are towns that are that have German names. And it's interesting; the kind of music they brought was polka. So, you have like what you call umpapa. If you hear uh, ranchero music, which is, you know, Mexican mm-hmm. country music. Yeah, I've heard hear, that. No, yeah. Umpapa, umpapa, umpapa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's that umpapa uh, aspect to it. So, uh, Peter went, he's played with uh, musicians uh, that natively grew up playing, listening to this music. Flaco Jimenez is an accordion player okay uh, who comes from that tradition but peter's also played performed written and played hawaiian music oh uh, so he plays he's a he is an ambassador of music he's not exclusive he's known for bluegrass because that's how labels and promoters mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff but when i I've, I've spoken to him he's listening to jazz you know we we're usually discussing jazz or other music or classical or philosophy so we go way off and that's that's what that book kind of explores he was kind of blowing my mind if you know to put it in a uh,
0: well didn't you get into buddhism in this book this is just flying yeah. by by the way it's already 7 yeah. 20 p.m oh cool cool awesome. so Great. didn't you just get into buddhism and i was reading something about the birds and things about yeah
1: yeah, so there were some interesting things. I'll read a section, but uh, because Who's Peter speaking? is a Buddhist, I, 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 uh, he has an album called Dharma Blues, and they're sort of Buddhist-inspired songs. So wow. they have somewhat of a kind of, they have somewhat of a kind of bluegrassy, countryish, but they're very listenable. You don't have to be a bluegrass fan at all to like that mm-hmm. album. But that album specifically kind of blew me away. As I said, i I've, you know practiced meditation i've i've attended gone to uh temples and have meditated for many many years mm-hmm. uh, both zen and uh uh tibetan and other uh, other uh, buddhist temples and i and i i feel an affinity for the teachings and what, what's interesting about the teachings it's not buddhism is maybe less of a, re- a religion and a way of looking at the it's world it's a way of life it's a way of life and of looking at the world. And it's sort of like, well, you don't believe it? Investigate it. You do the work. And what I found in some of my, you know, interests in ufology, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's certainly, there's a great affinity and a great uh, connection in uh, taking a look at the phenomenon and having an open mind to the reality, the consensus reality that we experience, but what is beyond and bigger than that.
0: But that's Um, the problem, right? Because you have to have an open mind and for those that don't right like I love the beauty of life I try to learn something new every day you know you treat people as the way you would like to be treated you know there's I don't I'm not a Buddhist and I haven't studied it no but I know a little bit about it and it makes so much sense to me including that when you're so close-minded and I'm not saying this with judgment, but I think people close their world off when they're so close-minded to not even possibly entertain the idea that just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to ufology mm-hmm. or anything within the paranormal. You know, think about even how scorned people are that use their intuition or call themselves a psychic or a medium or anything like that, and. Everybody has this ability. One of my messages to people into the world, I believe, is to help people remember how incredibly powerful we are with our yeah. minds, our words, and our emotions, and we've never been taught to embrace that.
1: I, I I completely I completely agree with you. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, we live in our little worlds, and you know, all of us do, and and we get so consumed with our concerns. Um, but there's, you know, we live in a universe that has, uh, what is it? It is two, it is a hundred billion galaxies or something that
0: we know of,
1: that we know of. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's, it, it, what, what we see, what we experience in everyday lives, there's a reality to that. I mean, there's a real losing people is hard and pain is hard, but these are, these are kind of what is presenting at the surface too. And there's uh, to think that the title of my new book that's coming out is called for all we know, because oh, no for way. all we know that's, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that later, but for all we know, we don't know a lot. We're we don't. really nascent. We're little babies out there.
0: That's and how just, spirit explains humanity. And I've, um, I've had some experiences with missing time and possibly UFO, UFOs. I have some incredible videos I've taken and mm. it's it. But my whole point is when you connect with and we can, there, there are things that will connect with us if you want. And people may think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you they will. And it's always shown to me from spirit, a spiritual perspective, or even from, I, I don't like to call them aliens. I think that's very disrespectful. So if extraterrestrial, however you want to describe it. But we are a young race. And I know humanity confounds other races. They Never mind that we're a young race, but our propensity for violence and some of the more negative emotions and things like that, because they've evolved so much further past that. Plus, I also believe if you believe in reincarnation, that many of us have already had lives on other planets and as other, you know, extraterrestrials or species, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, right?
1: hmm Yeah. I, I, you know, it, our science, which I, 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 I value empirical science, but mm-hmm. our science gets too wrapped up in its own story. And mm-hmm. if you think of, you know, science is often, mm-hmm. there's a revolution in science. And then suddenly, what is known becomes now just a smaller piece of a greater puzzle. So you know, there's there we're constantly relearning uh, or reevaluating. I mean, look at the, the quantum you know, physics. Uh, you can be uh, things can be particles and waves. They can be in two places. Mm-hmm. They can they can experiments can show two results or a mm-hmm. myriad of results of. Uh, uh, in doing experiments. We can't predict exactly um, the where particles will be. We can predict them by statistical oh, probability. Oh, I'm still here.
0: Sorry, my battery I was unplugged. I didn't even know. Sorry.
1: You were unplugged, <laughs> no, man.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know. I'm, that's why I was like, oh, you know what's so odd about this? And I swear to God, if there was ever a fly in my wall at the house, del my partner Dell, and i and i work with two other psychic mediums and channels we were talking just about this quantum physics and vibration and frequency and harmonics <laughs> this stuff on the weekend i swear to god we were
1: <laughs> you were you were uh you were sending me notes you know kind of uh through the through the ether well but, kevin, you
0: know, i'm gonna read his comment he maybe this yeah. will have to have a listen kevin says i keep hearing whispering of it whispering voice when i'm speaking
1: really so when I'm, I'm speaking or you
0: when i am so mm. i don't know maybe we've got i i have had evps and people have had evps happen i don't mm. know maybe it's your dad i don't know maybe we'll well, hear
1: uh, please uh please tell me what he's saying
0: uh, i don't know like i said um, i'll have a listen and kevin or yeah. zeese and dragon he's a um there's other regular people here too listening. He goes past past few times you spoke, so well he'll have a listen. Probably I'll have a listen. Anybody in the replay? So if any of you listening and you hear that or you pick it up, please be sure to send it to me or Mike. You're on Facebook too. I know I'm going to give you a chance at the end or wherever on yeah. social media. Let Mike have a listen to if you pick it up if you can isolate it. We'll see what we do. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, and and so I think that just to go back to that's what uh, attracted me uh, to buddhism but i think it's it's completely it's completely consistent with what i've read uh, mm-hmm. in ufology and what's interesting is in after while writing this book i often when i'm writing something i'm re- i start reading things to get inspiration and so i came upon a book called the flip by jeff creipe Okay. which is is about paranormal and it's about ufology and it's a very concise book very readable and that if i showed you my library my wife is beginning to get worried it's 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 increased a third fold or so and it's it, you know the the ufo phenomena which includes paranormal subject uh, uh of course the ufo subject and it gets very deep into philosophy philosophy of mind and mm-hmm. I, I think recently, more more so, it's become a, a compendium of related subjects. I just went this weekend to there's the uh, anomalous uh, in New York City. They've had these uh, anomalous events, and it's a gathering of people from different disciplines. Some are philosophers, some mm-hmm. are psychics, some are government former government people, and it's it's. I love talking different,
2: about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All of these people coming together and kind of with a different point of view. Some are pure scientists Mm -hmm. at some point were only just scientific thinking and then had experiences that made them question the education that they received and the kind of, I would say, mainstream view of what is acceptable uh, interpretations of the universe.
0: Okay, so who's the judge of that though, right? When you ask what's acceptable? That question came yeah. to mind right away. Who gets yeah. to judge what's, what's acceptable and what's not? So I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> when,
1: I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is, I think where that, those paradigms come from, I think at the end of in this is my opinion, I think that the, the institutions, the corporations that kind of control the uh, control messages, Because for us to be divinely inspired by who we are and what this experience is and the interconnectivity between, you know, me and which is very Buddhist between me and you and between me and a mountain, me and the trees and the birds, when if I start to become too enamored with that, I become a danger to the, you know, the corporations and the institutions, Mm -hmm. you know, government and corporations are Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) bound up together. And so I think that they are the ones, if I'm to call someone out, uh, call something out because, and a part of what people ask for disclosure on UFO subject. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel, you know, the government is, doesn't, first of all, they don't know what to say. What are they going to say? They're going to say, well, there are these things that happen that, frankly, we don't understand. They are magical. It they is
0: know more than they're... They
1: do know more. Yeah. You but know what
0: said this weekend, and I don't know why, but he said, I've never heard him say this, but when we were having this conversation, he has said, I have a funny feeling in the year 2024... That we're going to be finding out a lot of things that we weren't told. We're going to see a fall of a lot of old belief systems and things. And he seems to feel 2024 it's year of the dragon, and that there's going to be mm. a lot of things that that fall and a lot of things that are revealed and in the positive way that are revealed.
1: Yeah, and I pray that that's true. And you so know, I why. think that
0: what... doesn't mean it's going to happen.
1: Right. <laughs> right and that's what my that's what my new book is about is about this discovery this arc of discovery from maybe a skeptic who's creative you know kind of it's i'm hoping
0: uh, you're gonna come back and talk not that oh, I'm, I'm definitely going anywhere but i'm hoping you're gonna come back and talk about your new fact too <laughs>
1: please please i definitely want to mm-hmm. um but what what is when i was researching this it led me on and i kind of come back to this theme of a call from somewhere and you you know you when, When someone makes the call, you got to pick up the phone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, you know, I dialed into this, you know, I would say prior to, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't educated on the topic. And so having then read through and gotten deep into it, and now um, corresponding with uh, ufologists and people studying the phenomena, and as in all things, just like with music, musicians, People can tell when you are truly passionate and interested, and they can tell when you have an agenda. My agenda is I'm eager and interested to learn, and I want to be in conversation, and I want to be, I want to, I'm interested to be taught. Ideally, it would be a kind of a dialogue. Um, But that was all launched from, you know, I'm going to dial it back. It all is launched from looking at a picture of Ernie Panicoli and this kind of catapulting of a forward movement. And you know, here I am today. Um, writing this book was, I would say, it was very gutsy because I took, it begins as an interview. So it begins as an interview. And then I'm gonna go on and I'm gonna read something for you.
0: Um, when you grab stuff. it though, you know what I'm gonna add though? I love yeah. to have people on that maybe have a topic, well, first of all, that maybe I haven't talked about, but also have an interesting concept for a book. And I want to know how you end up with bluegrass and these topics, right? And you bring it all together, because I think it make, makes for a very interesting, profound discussion. So please share what you were going to share. I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah. And, and well, thank you. And I will say that uh, I think it it took guts to, to write something that, combines um interview it's different different modes uh interview with creative writing with basically dream journal um i take peter's story but it's also my relationship the inspiration Mm -hmm. that he brought to me so it's not a a biography uh, a, a biography of him there are you know biographical aspects to it But I do want to read one piece if I could find it. I'll get to it. Um, You know
0: what? You strike me as the type of person that when you see a story that needs to be written and you feel it from the depths of your soul, right? It's almost like it writes itself. I'm not saying there wasn't work involved, but like you said, it took guts to do this because Mm -hmm. there's not a book necessarily exactly like this one, but. It's very profound how three subjects you normally wouldn't hear put together all come together in one book.
1: Yeah, I I, I think um, for anyone that is inspired and has an idea, pursue it, go for it, um, whatever crazy it sounds. Just uh, you never know. And I the manuscript was accepted in a you know kind of a raw. I'm still working on it, mm-hmm. but I think they saw the the potential of the idea. And it's interesting, some people have read, I think some people are very moved by it. And because it, it it does fill a niche of something that hadn't been done, but I'll I'll just give, I'll read a little bit here. Mm -hmm. And this is called, I should say, I've peppered throughout the prose, words from Peter's songs, which is something you're not usually, you're not allowed to do. Typically, Peter gave me authorization. So very nice of him. So this is called I have been illusion's fool and I'll read parts of it just a little bit. I had a dream weeks after our meeting, meeting with Peter. In the dream, I was given a sacred object, perhaps by extraterrestrials. The object looked benign. When I looked closer, I saw a likeness of green and I saw a likeness of a green and purple Yoda. Beautiful. But the image could only be discovered by holding the object sideways and upside down like the way you might suddenly hear the encoded messages in bluegrass or in other music. You had to discover the primer to truly hear it. You had to come to this realization. It was as if a a hysterical cosmic joke had been revealed to me, telling me that the mind is formed of constructs that are built on yet more atomic constructs, Mm -hmm. and that this miniaturization continues into emptiness yes we have agency but we are enmeshed in history our minds are trapped in the context in which they are formed dreams meditations psychedelic experiences Mm -hmm. may help us see through the illusion but even those epiphanies are ephemeral we are star stuffed dust accumulated Mm -hmm. the wind can blow us away and while logic is vital to our existence compassion is our compass
0: that that just meant every word meant so okay. much and i got it kevin no worry about the title or typos he uh z Dragon is kevin he said oh thank hey, you hey there. he says interesting stuff mike
1: oh thank you thank you so much if anyone has any questions uh, you know i'm more than happy to uh to to talk about it uh to, to answer i'll read something here as well that was so, beautiful
0: too mike by
1: the way well thank you thank you um this is me talking to peter and i said in one interview i said the interview interviewer asked you what was it like to go from playing bluegrass to playing in a psychedelic band and your answer was what could be more psychedelic than bluegrass and i said i love that answer can you tell me more what you meant yeah. he said the veil that keeps bluegrass from being appreciated more deeply is that notes go by too fast. The fiddle was the only sustaining instrument in a bluegrass ensemble. The the guitar has occasional leads, but is mostly rhythm hidden down in the matrix of counter rhythms. When it worked, it was transportive. Bluegrass is extremely hard to play, true to its potential. I've heard tapes of Bill Monroe shows where the band wasn't up to it, but that didn't stop Bill Monroe. The band could be dragging behind, but Bill wouldn't let them drag behind. One of the first things he told me before I joined the band, and one of the last things he said was, and pardon my southern accent, Pete, I could have taken on all the bluegrass boys and they couldn't have wrestled me to the ground. I'd have had them hanging on me like hound dogs (laughs) off a grizzly bear, and they couldn't pull me down. Mm -hmm. Not even Gordon Terry, and he was stout. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, so... (laughs) You know, that's that's what I think a lot of people will say, well, you've played this psychedelic music. How does that relate to this other kind of music? That
0: would have been one of my questions. Like, how do you, but that makes a lot of sense because, and I didn't want to sound disrespectful. The one thing I, there's two genres I really can't appreciate, and one is polka. The <laughs> other was country. But again, my partner, Dell. Was playing, working at a previous job, and they were playing music all day long, and all they listened to is country. And before you know, it, he starts coming home playing country. But what I can appreciate with country, and I know there's a the standard joke that my dog, left, my dog died, and my wife left me, and I got no money, and ow, whatever. Ow. <laughs> but you know there is the occasional artist and the one that i've started listening to that i really enjoy and maybe it's his story i don't know what it is but jelly roll mm. that guy he mixes rap and country which you don't normally hear i don't so much listen mm-hmm. to that but when you he's got a song out there right now called need a favor and somebody save me my god the mm. pipes on that guy and the lyrics and you know who taught me to depreciate the lyrics again dell mm. and i never realized that's why i did a video when i started really getting following my spiritual path was the lyrics and i i love the band Hailstorm. yeah and, um i am the fire and when you i went through those lyrics and channeled some of the stuff from spirit about what she was saying and it wasn't just about women it was about i think human beings and when you start going mm-hmm. the story and what's behind the lyrics versus what we just think we're singing mindlessly when we listen to the radio there is so much heart and soul that goes yeah. into each song people bear their souls with music mm-hmm. uh,
1: and and i you know charlie parker famous jazz musician yeah, i know who he yeah. is
0: my brother it, is big fan <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so you 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 know he his peers would say but charlie why are you listening to jazz why are you listening to this country music he was a big country music fan he would say listen to the words Mm -hmm. listen to the stories so just to what you're saying is that you have these stories these heartfelt um and i think that's what appealed to americans and you know we it's funny because things get classified things get labels uh bill monroe said he said if I hadn't invented bluegrass, I'd have made a great bluesman. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it, we hear we hear sometimes often by racial lines, but in a in the truth is when you're down on the Delta, country is blues is blues is country. Mm-hmm. And when Elvis sang, it was blues and country, and all of it mixed together. And oftentimes is you'll hear country singers, and there's a kind of we. We can't escape it. There's blues in the music. It's like, it's like what's in the water.
0: <laughs> you can't uh... jazz though, right? Yeah, like totally. You yeah, jazz, and I mean, you could never understand when I was younger why people appreciate jazz, but until you really understand jazz and what's behind it, like you've got to mm-hmm. have a lot of soul and rhythm. Yeah. And yeah. you really got to feel the music to be able to play jazz. You do, I think, Absolutely. any kind, but of jazz in particular, right? Especially when it's, you know, just a bunch of people jamming together and they're having a jazz session or even blues, like just a jam session, right? You can really yeah. tell. People can feel the music when they're not sitting there reading the sheet music and they're just mm-hmm. they're meshing together as a group and playing whatever comes up and harmonizing like unless mm-hmm. I, I have played instruments
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I had no idea what a cello was when I was eight and wanted to learn how to play music and I had to stick with it that thing was bigger than I was and and one time I came home and we had a small back porch and it fell down the bottom stairs and smashed oh. a million pieces to this day you ask my mother she thinks I threw it down the stairs I really didn't but I could read music I did take some wow. music lessons yeah. as I shared my brother is a musician so right. and my partner so I really do love and appreciate music so
1: yeah yeah and it's you know you you said that you know jazz it it, it don't mean a thing if it don't have that swing you know true. so if you can noodle endlessly and if this is true in, in bluegrass as well um it, when you stick to the melody it's like um I'm keeping you engaged in the story and it's an adventure and mm-hmm. this is true with all music and I'm taking on a journey and it's, you know, I, I do appreciate, I like all kinds of music. I can listen mm-hmm. to John Cage and I can listen to like static electricity with a, with a bit of a rhythm sound and they, they have it drives, it, those things can drive my wife nuts. Um,
0: I know I, what I like. Like I know uh, within a few notes, sure. like- for example, the band Muse is very heavy bass centered. And years ago I heard them and the first two notes, I was like, oh my God, I I I have to ha- I have to hear more of this band. And right. then they became more commercial. So I'll know. So say if I heard a bluegrass song and the first couple notes, it hit me. I would be drawn in so I can't say even polka like even though it's a big joke and I found the name for you as we we're talking I'm going to say it for people yeah. um shared it with one of my clients recently and she had a good laugh so the name of it is called um it's h-e-i-m I M. I'm at damage it's wow it's, and if you look it up look up polka sweet child of mine for anybody listening and she actually does have a good voice. You know what she floored me with? There was one recently. She can actually play the guitar. I was, I was. Wow. floored She dresses in the typical Oktoberfest. You know, the tops down here, and we got the cleavage. And I'm sorry, I, I'm to <laughs> say this. She has a mole right here when she's singing, and it just keeps reminding me of Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look like, at the mole. <laughs> but she, she does have a good voice. I will give her that. And the fact that yeah. she can sit on the guitar, that that impressed me so even yeah. that tolerate now before i was like what is this or your wife probably same thing you were saying <laughs> driving your wife nuts
1: <laughs> yeah and she's very tolerant and i do understand i mean there are things that you know that i do want to be moved but there are things that can be intellectually interesting you say oh that's wow okay that's what interesting what that's happening there but i think some of us are tuned into i mean i can we're listening to music and i hear a car horn. Be, eh, eh. Eh, eh, And I kind of see the connection there. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're looking, if you're open, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe you can find it. And maybe, you know, from that you can write a song. Uh, I agree. You know, even in, you know, you listen to, I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen troubles all my way. There's blues in that, you know. Absolutely.
0: Did I freeze on you? I was
1: born, born and raised. Oh, I think I'm back though, right?
0: What's that? I, I didn't know if it was you said, or it was me. You're back. Hopefully they'll let us know in the comments. But I was worried because sometimes sure. if we're going to get snow, sometimes it'll be me. Even though I, I swear <laughs> to everybody, I've up my internet to the highest degree it can go it's fiber optic and it'll still do it to it there's gonna be bad weather mike froze, Kevin, yeah. uh, Kevin froze. <laughs> it happened yeah yeah
1: I, it could be my son you know he's in there you know he's 12 you know and gosh knows what he's doing in there but you know i'm sure it's a video game uh watching kitties or something um oh well, so i twins- see it
0: almost 26 year old he has severe autism so he's very much like without any disrespect about a five to seven year old but he gets quite animated and sometimes a little angry when he's playing video games he always says before i go live okay mommy i'll be really quiet when i when you're you're doing your show
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes i I uh, I uh i can imagine for sure, mm-hmm. and uh you know he does it too, uh Travis, um, by mm-hmm. the way, he's named after Merle Travis, who Ooh. was a, 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 a born in Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, and he plays a style of guitar that i uh that I have emulated and it's a part of what I do uh, not only but uh I can pick and I can pluck, I can strum and I can rock, I can do it all.
0: I was impressed. I told you when I went to your Instagram oh, thanks. and you have a pinned post, you have a good voice and uh, you. you're playing that. It really reminded me of what my brother plays. That's why I said to you, my brother's a musician.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you we can hear. almost
0: out of time, you know, Mike. We got about another yes. five minutes to chat. You might have to. I hope you're, I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm hoping you're going to come back with your new book. I but definitely we want to come back. Into the really but, meat potatoes. But you know what? What I do before every show, I always say, okay, Spirit, where are we going with this conversation? Because Spirit <laughs> knows who's going to see it or who's going to watch the replay. And people still, you, I was glad that you read some passages from your book because I, I know people are going to want to know more about this book. So what do you want to throw in, in the last five minutes? I could talk to you for yeah. hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know we can, we can, we're, we're, uh, we both are, are talkers. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could read just another
0: little Please bitty. Step up, if
1: I could uh, find something, you know. We're not going anywhere different.
0: yet, Kevin. Kevin says great show. Thank you, Kevin. Oh,
1: thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you. Um, so let me find something that would be, uh, that would.
0: You went up. Pull them all in. We didn't get to that beautiful cover. We but oh, you know what?
1: Can I share that? Can I yes, share please
0: it? Please do because yeah, let me see.
1: Round. Let me see if I can. Um here.
0: Yeah, if end you end um can you should be able to share it. Can you sh- um so
1: share screen?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, so go ahead. let's see. Let me go here. If I need and, to help you uh, do, do you, you see it? Is do you see it now? No. Okay, let me see you if you can. Send it
0: to me on Messenger quickly if you want. Oh, and I'll sure. You Hang on. Give me one Sure. More.
1: No this problem. is what we do. we'll
0: do. we get Facebook open here. This is what I, I usually do.
1: I think I have it, though. I think because I see it now. Um,
0: Actually, I have your here. cover. What am I doing? I have your cover. Hang on.
1: Oh, you do? I oh, have cool. your cover
0: on here. Because I remember I said I had to put the background up?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Give me one second. I just got to go to Messenger.
1: That's so and funny. Then,
0: I didn't even think of that till just now. oh here it is
1: you know i i have it right here and i finally figured it out
0: Oh, there you did hang on okay let's add it to the stage there so we go. so th-
1: this is that's the new, new book. book yeah and let me get that so uh let me hide it so that's hey, the me... new book and this is kind of the new book is a it's a bit of it's a novel first of mm-hmm. all um it's being it's published by uh it's called apprentice house press mm-hmm. and gosh it's associated with a with a university um and I'm it, I'm I can't Loyola University that's who it is mm-hmm. and so you'll see if if folks out there into ufo- ufology have read Diana Pasulka she's written some amazing books she's I consider a mentor uh, to me and you have down below I've mentioned Jeff Kripke so they weighed in but these are narratives so what I've tried to do with these stories they're kind of depictions of growing up in uh, the gritty 70s of New York City, and there are the different ways that the the phenomenon can penetrate our lives through near-death experiences. oh my gosh psychedelic
0: come on that's right up my alley. well all this i love doing this show i love podcasting i had two days to decide years ago and i was going to say no because i had no clue what i was doing and i heard spirit say say yes we got you (laughs) and i did and i i don't know how i did a show monday through friday like i I had no idea in a previous network
1: Well, you're amazing at it. You well, uh you're, you're generating and just kind of making I love this flow.
0: And I love knowing your stories and you know, how did you get to where you're at today? And that's yeah. why like I love Gavin. Gavin is a dream. I think I said that in my last message to him. I wish you could train every person that does PR because you never have to ask Gavin for anything. He gives you everything you need, but Mm -hmm. I never use his questions and I appreciate it because I want to see where the conversation goes. And I really do trust what I call spirit, our guides Mm -hmm. and those, we're Mm -hmm. not alone. And where are we going to go with this? Mm -hmm.
1: Instinct and uh, all of that intuition. And he is so lovely. You know, you talk to him and, you know, he, uh, He's just so inspiring to talk to.
0: (laughs) He is, and smart, and knowledgeable, and such Mm -hmm. a sweet person. He really, really Mm -hmm. is. I was thinking about that. I'm going to have to bug him. I'm already booking, though, pretty well into April of next year already for, like Mm. I said earlier, so... That's why I usually like to leave some spaces open. And Mike was patient, everybody, because we should have done this in like June, July. <laughs> things,
1: things you know, things happen. We can do something if you'd like in May, maybe, because um, mm-hmm. the book will come out. Uh, for all we know, it will come out in April, and the people can pre-order it, so you can. I'll find... send
0: you my booking calendar because that's the one thing I set up. I don't know why cool. I didn't think of that, and it's worked out. Beautifully, and, and instead of twenty emails back and forth, are you available this date? No, sorry, right, that date right. got filled up. You pick the date. Okay, get-
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. This was it's a, a real fun ride to to, and I like the fact that you don't want to meet before, so we have here we are. No, I have no problem, <laughs> like Julie. Awesome. I know
0: that's in the audience, and yeah. it's just I trust that even if I don't know the person. I know who Gavin is and he he's never steered me wrong in the years I've been doing this. I've not had one of his wow. authors on here. I just recently told people I don't meet any of these people. And I said, he he's never steered me wrong. So I just trust mm. and it works out great. Always. It has like, I'm not saying I'm so great. I mean, I always feel like I have a really good conversation and I, I mm. really enjoy talking to people like yourself. So thank you for coming on.
1: Well, me too. Your gifts you know, uh, I'm sure help you to have the vision, to see those things and to be insightful. So, um, and thank you for, uh, for letting me know that you were hearing, you know, my dad and the conversation, I have
0: never I- done that. Like I never push my show on other people to watch, but you can ask we don't have our usual crew here tonight so i'm not mm. sure why there must be something because we usually have a ton of people so we mm. oh julie you're so sweet she said great show tonight and lauralee is a gift thank you so is julie she's helped yes. me out a lot um but like i said people will watch on the replay i know they will they'll yeah. leave comments they will have questions so how can people get a hold of you and where can they get your books because you have other books too
1: so I would say, uh, so you, if you go to mikefiorito.com, let me just pop it in here. Uh, if I give it to you or I can. Um, oh, no, it's
0: on the banner everywhere. Oh, it's on, the, right okay, up on great. the banner, how to get a hold, but just people listening. Say we got somebody over in Tibet that wants to buy your book.
1: Yeah. So if you go to mikefiorito.com, it'll have links to all of the books with little blurb descriptions mm-hmm. and some review stuff and um you can get in touch with me i'm happy to to talk to anyone that has a question and uh the books are i think they're available everywhere um maybe some uh, you know uh, you 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 poke around as far as i know the books are available everywhere um so and i if yeah uh so i really look forward to uh, uh any comments or thoughts that people have but Laura, it was so great to meet you. I I know. i I want to send you
0: my booking calendar after this. So I want to have you back on. I do want to tell people, don't go anywhere. If you're enjoying this conversation, coming up next are Philip and Julia Syracuse, friends of mine as well. They've been on my show before they came to the network. And they have the Horsefly Chronicles coming up next. They have great guests. You guys are going to love it. And I want you guys to stay tuned, too, because Thursday... David and I are back with the thing at the foot of the bed. We'll see where the conversation goes. We researched all week last week and you guys wanted to talk about something completely different. So we'll see where we go. Cause we were thinking about shape shifters and windigos and all kinds of things like that. And you guys want to talk more spiritual. So we go wherever you guys want to go. So please join us Thursday nights here at uh, 7. PM to 9. PM Eastern standard time next week. I'm going to be back same time, same space with the angel. Rock six to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Another guest, I forgot to check who's coming, but they'll be awesome, just like Mike. They're all, I, like I said, Gavin looks after us well. <laughs> also, if you ever want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on Facebook.com/forward/slash Angel Rock. Uh, you want to book a reading? I do mentoring. I do and teaching. I have a course I am working on for those newly connecting, and as well, maybe if you want to learn a new tricks of the trade with uh, connecting with spirit and things like that in a new year. And the groups I have are Paranormal University, like I said, and the Angel Rocker Tribe for more spiritual. Okay, everybody. Thanks again, Mike, so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, Laura. Have a we'll great see
0: week. You, we'll see you on Thursday, everybody. Thanks for everybody being here. We'll talk to you soon. Much love.
1: Bye. Much love.